when I opened the comments and saw how people made jokes about my small tribal marks and my dark skin. So many nasty things were written. I just wondered if these people know that I am a real person. This is She Thrives, a safety in the workplace podcast brought to you by African Women on Board, AWB. The podcast is an important part of AWB's Violence Against Women in the Workplace Initiative and is funded in part by Ford Foundation. On this podcast, we come in contact with real women, bankers, waiters, market women, executives, assistants, taxi drivers, students, and others whose work, business, or career was affected either through acts of harassment or domestic violence. Our primary guest today is an entrepreneur who was cyberbullied. Let's hear her story and we'll talk about it in a bit. Please listen. Hi, I have experienced violence thanks to my profession. Here's my story. I have been a makeup artist for about a year and a half now, and I always showcase my different clients on my Instagram page. I didn't always want to start doing tutorials, but after my close friend convinced me, I started doing them. I used different models to showcase my techniques, but I had never really shared any videos of me making myself up. One day, I decided to try it out, and it was such a shock for me. I posted the process of my makeover using a video. I had put up the post and forgotten about it. Then a day later, I started to get so many notifications and mentions. I opened up my Instagram and my video had been reposted on a major blog with millions of followers. <laughs> the caption was a hurtful insult. Makeup or juju. Dramatic transformation. Then I opened the comments and saw how people made jokes about my small tribal marks and my dark skin. So many nasty things were written. I just wondered if these people know that I am a real person. I temporarily deactivated my page for a few days to reduce the attention so I could focus on more positive things. I hardly post myself on my page anymore. The violence experienced in this case was in verbal attacks, in public embarrassment, in bullying and body shaming. And we have three brilliant women in the studio to discuss violence against women in the cyberspace. That's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and on websites, on WhatsApp, in fact, the entire online community. Our first guest is an actor, a writer and producer. She's credited with thousands and thousands of hours of content on TV and on the big screen. Say hello to Ufoma McDermott. And our second guest is a media personality who's had a remarkable career in entertainment. 
She's an on-air personality and she's the director of programs at The Beat 99.9 FM. Please welcome Tolu Oniru Demirin. Everybody calls her Tools. What's up, Tools? Hi. And I'm pleased to welcome an award-winning film director and producer, soft-spoken, but a power broker. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> Hello, Michelle Bello Ogundei. You're all welcome to the Violence Against Women in the Workplace podcast. And I'm going straight to the questions. Now, we know that cyberbullying is just one example of violence that celebrities are exposed to, you know. They expect that we are to react graciously to it. Now, speaking from your experience, Tools, how would you debunk that assumption that celebrities are immune to psychological attacks, you know, cyber, cyber bullying? Um, so I, I, I consider myself more of a public figure than celebrity, but um, I would say that 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 is definitely untrue. Uh, we are human as well. Just because we're in the public eye doesn't mean, you know, um, we we like um, the characteristics of, of everybody else. Um, and I'm speaking from experience as well. When I first started my career in the entertainment industry, I was um, very, very, what's it called? I would, I would, I would say I was very, I was probably um, a bit, you know, immature, very, um, I didn't know what to expect. And in my past, being a radio presenter was not something that would really put you in the forefront. Like you, you weren't, you weren't, you know, going to be like super, super well known. So it did take a lot of getting used to. There was a time when I was like viciously, you know, um, bullied on on the internet continuously, and I just didn't know. I didn't know what happened. I didn't know what I did. I just remember that there would be days when I would wake up and I'd be trending. I'd wake up in the morning and I'd be so it wasn't as though there's some people that um you know it's in their nature they they say something controversial they say something provoking uh, provoking and they know they're going to trend and in a way that's what they want but i would not even tweet anything or do anything and i'd wake up in the morning and i'd be trending and it would be horrible you know body shaming comments just different things and it just it was it was really devastating because i'd never ever been in that situation before and i didn't know how to handle it and some people were like oh just you know don't say anything and i just i really wanted to defend myself but i also found that um if you try to say something if anything it just fuels the fire so you have more people that maybe didn't know about it they now jump on everything so um i think the first the first time the first like sort of two times it happened i was i was deeply upset and um, I remember when it got really bad, I actually remember thinking, you know what, maybe I sh- maybe this isn't for me, maybe this career isn't for me because I can't, you know, be enduring this um, yeah. frequently because it, it just was very, very hurtful. And um, yeah, so it's, it, it's not something that is, is easy to just unlook. You kind of get a bit more used to it as you get on in the industry, as you're in the industry longer. But I cannot say that you you get to a point where it just doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You get top of skin, of course, and then you learn to avoid, you know, certain comments. You learn to just, okay, fine, I'm not going to get on Twitter today. 
I'm not, I don't want to see any of the comments. Yes. So that's, that's perhaps the best way to deal with it. Okay. Thank you so much. And I like that you made the distinction between being a celebrity and being a public figure, because um, I also believe that this conversation speaks to everyone who works in the public eye or everyone who has to share a part of their life with the public. You know, these things are seemingly unavoidable. And the idea is to create an environment where everyone is free to work you know, feels comfortable in their workspace. Now, Michelle, what do you think the role of culture is in addressing violence against women in the workplace? I think it's very important um, because the culture, wherever we live, you know, and we're here in Nigeria, it sets the tone um, for everything else and all the businesses and where we operate. So if, you know, um, there are cultures saying that, oh, it's okay to abuse women, it's okay to, you know, um, being attacked online. Um, then it, get, it gives free reign for for that bullying to happen um, that says that this is wrong um, and this is not acceptable. Um, you know, um, so those policies will um, deter people from actually going out um and doing these kind of things yes. so our culture is very important and you know we have a very you know kind of lax culture here in nigeria um and unfortunately especially when it comes to online you know it's still kind of you know social media is you know it's barely like 10 10 years old here mm. you know um and it's still fairly new so we don't really have those policies you know in place to say yes i can you know sue this person or take them to court you know um so i think you know especially in the workplace if you work in an office if you work on a movie set yeah. i think you know it's the responsibilities of people um who own those those facilities and own those companies to actually put those parameters in place and say this is not acceptable mm -hmm. and make it very clear from right from the beginning that it will not be tolerated you know cyberbullying, whatever kind of bullying whatever kind of abuse will not be tolerated um so i think that needs to happen and be in place Thank you so much. So, Foma, I know that you're a very, very passionate person. And whenever you address something you believe in, you you go all out. And we see that in the work that you do and, you know, in your life generally. But I want you to speak to this idea, this perception that the, well, let's, let's say it's an argument that the Nigerian entertainment industry objectifies women. And by doing that, we, because we're an industry, that by doing that, we're reinforcing these harmful stereotypes that exist already, you know, making it an institution that normalizes the problem rather than challenging the problem, right? Why do you think that is? I, I, think, I think everybody objectifies women. I don't think it's the Nigerian entertainment industry. I don't think it's the American entertainment industry. I don't think it's just the entertainment industry. I think everybody objectifies women. I think the advertisers do that as well. I think I think the banks do that. I mean, most of their marketers are women, you know, nicely cute. A certain type of women. Thank you. Do you know what I mean? So, um, I, I just think that generally, you know, with life, there, there are things you grow up to almost accept to be a normal, you know, but I'm, I'm glad that we've gotten to this age or to this point where we begin to ask ourselves, do I really like the way I'm being treated? Do I then like the way I am treating someone else? You know, um, you're a wicked stepmother and they ask you why you say, oh, that's how my 
own uh, stepmother treated me, or that's how my own mother-in-law treated me. Okay, did you like it? Did it to you? Why do you then think it's okay to pass it down? So I think everything is about equity, fairness, you know, justice. If if you think that the role of a woman is limited to certain things, you know, um, we want to show this kind of woman in the movie, and so she must be dressed in this kind of way, or we want to talk about women, you know, and we must talk about them in this way, or the one that I love the most, Omoye, I want to insult a woman, I want to abuse a woman, and the first thing that comes to my mind is prostitute. Or <laughs> wow. Such an extensive vocabulary. I know, right? So I remember um, someone I really look up, someone I really love said to me, you know, as a woman, the first thing you should do, living in Nigeria particularly, the first thing you want to do is just accept, first of all, that you're a prostitute and you're a witch and nothing else will hurt you. And I thought, wow. What? Wow. You know, she kind of gave the head on the head because everybody, yeah, everybody who wants to take a jab at you, first thing they say is, oh, prostitutes, who even bought you this car? because they don't think that you can buy the car. So I think it's everybody who gets in that box and feels like you, we can turn women to the tools with which we can you know, achieve this or achieve that. But you know, we as women, we've gotten to the point where we're saying, you know what, it's not cool. It's not. I, I, I understand that this is what has worked for you for you know, donkey years, but no, it's not cool. We're human beings, you know, we feel, we have emotions. The same in the same box you want to put me in, would you comfortably put a man in that box? Mm-hmm. You know, you want to show um, a, a young girl in school who's, um, who's, whose orientation is high and, you know, she's, she's full of life and you think she should be dressed a certain way. Would you do the exact same thing to a guy who has those same attributes? Mm. Do you see what I mean? Yes. So it's, I don't know if it's just the entertainment industry. I think it's a notion that we've all come to grow to meet and so many of us have accepted. But we're now at a point where we're saying, you know what, it is not cool. And please, don't get me wrong, I have no problem, no problem with the woman who decides she wants to be a prostitute. And, you know, by herself, she goes out, she gets dressed, she stands on the road. You know what, unless she's legally breaking a law, it's her choice. You know, she's, she's a mature adult and she's making those decisions hopefully with you know her mental state everything intact it's her choice and i'm not i don't have anything against her that's her choice i respect it you know but the same way i'd also want you to respect my choice and not drag me into a box because you want to achieve something or you want to say something so um yes i do agree that the film industry objectifies to an extent but you know what it's not just a film industry so if we talk so about it's a it, cultural you know, problem Absolutely, you yes. think like, okay, you're you're just trying to pick on the film industry because everybody does it. Okay, thank you so much, Ufoma. We understand that this is a cultural problem. Now, um, I'd like you to speak to these tools in a nation where you know we're all trying to to balance our economies, our individual economies, and you know everyone is basically trying to create a balance between the need for profits, you know, your personal ideals and all. How do you think that we can inspire people or we can ourselves create socially responsible art? Yeah, so um, this, what, so there's so many different things um, that we need to bear in mind. Uh, one of the key conversations that's, that's going um, on now when it, when it comes to, you know, media 
and what is being shown, what is being played out there is representation. That's, that's one of the things that, you know, um, a lot of media organizations are talking about all over the world. And I think it's very important to um, understand that um, Nollywood, for example, there's so many people that watch movies, um, Nollywood movies, and they, they subconsciously believe that that is life. So they also, they, they believe that that is life, they believe that that's the way things should be. So I feel that we all, if, if you're in the entertainment industry, if you're in the media industry, it's very, very important to bear that in mind. You're in a very powerful position. So if you are portraying women in a certain way, um, for example, I just, there's something, there, there was a movie that I saw recently, and um, it was a fantastic movie. I actually really enjoyed it. But um, you know the very um, the, the very annoying stereotypes. If a woman smokes, she's bad. If a woman smokes, she's a prostitute. And that's they, they just you know fed into that. And I was quite annoyed because I was like, well, this is twenty twenty. If a woman smokes, it's her choice if she wants to smoke. Might not be the best thing for her health, but because a woman smokes doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily mean she's a prostitute. Yeah. You know, so there are all these um, negative stereotypes that have been you know played out for years and years and years. And you have um, a lot of people that actually believe that, okay, yeah, oh, she's spoken, ah, Shewoni, all of this. And it's, it's, it's full, you know. So we, we have a responsibility to, um, to get the right message across. So in my industry, for example, it is definitely more, um, I mean, male artists are dominating. Male artists have dominated and male artists continue, you know, dominating. Um, as a woman in this industry, I feel a strong responsibility to also give, you know, um, to give the platform to other, you know, artists as well. Um, it's not, it's not the easiest thing. Sometimes a lot of our listeners, unfortunately, even female listeners, sometimes all they want to do is, you know, hear David, hear Wiz, and I'm like, um, hi, how about this person? How about this artist? She's fantastic. She's very talented. So we definitely bear a responsibility. And um, I think it's something that everybody needs to really think about. So if you do own a media organization, what are you doing? How are you making sure that the message you get across is the right one? Yes. Thank you so much. Now, Ufama, are you aware of any existing policies against sexual harassment, especially in the entertainment industry? Um, so I happen to know, because I was part of, uh, I went to the House of the Senate in 20, 2017, I think it was. Uh, it sat at the plenary where they were trying to pass a sexual harassment bill. Yes. But that was particularly for sexual harassment in higher institutions. Okay. So I don't know that there was one that is particular to you know, the workplace or, you know, as, as it is. Um, however, I do know that, you know, um, but I do know that there's a certain type of awareness today so that even though, even if it is not backed by, you know, um, a legal um, a law, if it's not backed by a law, there's an awareness amongst people, yes. even amongst men, trust that um, there, there is there is a limit to how much you can get away with sexual harassment. That's awesome. And yes, and the people who still go around perpetrating this, and please do not think 
in any way that women are exonerated as perpetrators because I know of one case, one case particularly where a woman was the perpetrator. Um, but I do know that there is this awareness and what that awareness has done is either as so, I think so for us as Africans, we basically have, you know, there's the law to protect us and then there's a moral compass. Yes. You know. So there's there's that part where what it what the morality does for you is it just brings forth your shame, right? Whether or not you inherently know that it's good or bad. I, I happen to be part of a play called Hearward, and we sat one time we're having like a small workshops with um, school, yes. school kids, university students, and we came across this guy who genuinely, honestly, Omoye, honestly, honestly didn't understand why we were going on and on about rape. He didn't get it. He, wow. You know, you could see that innocence, I'm telling you, you could see that innocence written all over him when he raised his hand. And, you know, he looked at he didn't even want to ask the question. He was like, make a noble talk the one when no correct to, you know, so he was like, <laughs> so, rape bad. And we were like, oh, <gasps> it was organic for us. So we were all like, he didn't ask that, you know, and then he went on to say that um, he had been made to believe by his peers that wow. it was a, a rite of passage and, you know, you mm. couldn't become a guy once you force a girl to have sex with you. And, you know, <laughs> you know, I, we, we, were, we were confused. We didn't know if, you know, to attack him <laughs> or to just go mind. So one of the older actresses said, did you ever have this conversation with your parents? Did, did your parents ever get to the point where they talk to you about rape and, you know, just even cats calling a girl, you know, just, you know, seeing a girl walking on the road and you say, oh, fine girl, did you ever have a conversation, you know, with your parents? And he was like, no. So this is this boy growing and all his skin is from his peers. And yes. his peers are saying to him, guy, if you want to be a guy, a man, you want to be a true guy, you know, you must have forced the girl to have sex with you. You should have told him, take me to your leader. <laughs> that's a good one and you know we, we, we're, we're now in a society where the only thing that we because a lot of times there are even laws but there are no enforcement of these laws mm-hmm. so what we majorly rely on is the shame right you could see the shame in this boy so from everything we're talking about he knew there was something amiss there was something not so cool with this rape that his friends had made him believe was cool and it's almost the same with a lot of guys I've spoken with, you know, who cats call and jogging on the street, they see me and they say, hey, fine auntie, fine girl. And I'm, I, I'm like, sorry, excuse me. And they say, well, I'm greeting. I said, no, the way to greet is good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And they say, oh, I'm sorry. And I have their time. I'm where you know their time. So mm-hmm. I will stand there and I will begin to educate. Yes. Right. So a lot of people don't even understand, you know, what it is that make you feel harassed as a woman in the workplace or otherwise. Yes. You know, so... Even even where there are no laws, and I do, I honestly, personally, do not know of existing laws. I should check on that one. I don't know of existing laws against women in the workplace, but at least I know of this one that has been passed for higher institutions. But there is that tool of shame, and I think that right now we use it very well. Yes, and the loud one that would you say something and I say, "Excuse me, I don't understand." Say it well. Let me hear. Yes, just in case you did not calculate yourself, mm-hmm. you look at you. Into, yes. You know, and people can see the thing of shame, they'll just go back and say, I'm sorry, Auntie, I don't shout. Exactly. So speaking about shame, and I want us to um, speak to the interview that we listened to earlier. And uh, Michelle, if you'd like to speak on this, it would be nice to hear you 
weigh in. What would you, for my and Michelle especially, because I um I think I think Tools has spoken to that. What do you think should have been the reaction of this lady? Because there were people listening in on the show who have experienced cyberbullying. You know, you post a picture. Before you post every picture, you wonder what they're going to say about it. Or you wonder who's going to say something about it. And suddenly, people are afraid to live. People are afraid to, you know, to just to live. A woman is afraid to talk about her business because she's afraid of what people will say about her complexion, about the, the you know. Michelle, would you speak on that, please? I mean, I think it's like absolutely ridiculous, you know, to live in, you know, um, just the kind of society where you're scared to put up your art, put up your work, you know, showcase what you do. Um, and I think it was, it was very, you know, I felt really sad for her when I, when I heard her story. Um, and it's so unfortunate that she's, you know, pulled back. I think the only, you know, one of the ways to conquer this kind of cyberbullying is to continue. You know, just like what Tools was saying, you know, you have to ignore it. You can't let people get the better of you. You know, um, this is what you're doing. This is your craft. This is your work. You know, um, you know, you're not going to please people at the end of the day, you know, you're not going to please everyone in True. whatever you do in life, you know, and so it's not to feed into negativity It's not to feed into, you know, that whole, that whole bullying, but to continue. So what I would advise her, if she's listening, you know, is to stay strong, just to continue to be courageous and to continue, you know, to post what she does, you know, ignore the haters. You're always going to have haters. Unfortunately, now we live in a digital world. So it's on it's online you know um whereas before the haters were more kind of like physical but more behind your back you know backstabbing kind of thing but now you know people are hiding behind social media because you know you're not they think it's easier because they're not right in your face but what i would say is just to continue you know do not let people um intimidate you intimidate your craft intimidate your business and that's what you feed off you know and make a living so um it'll be to continue what you're doing Thank you. Now, Ufama, I would like you to share if you've had any experiences of cyberbullying or body shaming, you know, but I, I also wanted to connect it to this idea that being trolled on social media is a rite of passage, you know, for everyone who is either a public figure or a celebrity, you know, or, and, and in that case, it's not necessarily, you don't necessarily have to be in the entertainment industry. You know, this lady is a makeup artist. These things have been bullying have been around for some time what social media has done is amplified because before now what you'd have is a soft cell magazine with maybe an unclear picture of a former you know you really don't know who former is besides what the soft cell magazine has said about us so you look at the tiny picture there and then they say former in adultery scan and it's black and white the picture is black and white yeah, so you don't know, you just read and say, oh, this is what I And that's the, the end of the chase, you know. Today, they put a picture of Ufuma on a blog. You can go and Google type, you know, Ufuma and see different pictures of her, know, you know, so much about her. And one of the things we do not realize is that these are not objects. These are human beings that we're talking about. Do you understand? Let's come to things that you can help and the things that you cannot help. You have big boobs. You didn't make yourself, darling. God made you. There's really anything you can do about that unless you want to go into surgery and reduce your boobs. Your boobs are your boobs. There's nothing you can do about it. This girl grows up, she's got tribal marks. Her parents or whoever, her relatives, put tribal marks on her. There's really nothing she can do about it unless there's a surgery which she can get them out. Her tribal marks are her tribal marks, right? Um, you have a hard face, hard features, you know, strong cheekbones, whatever. There's, there's hardly anything you can do about it. So someone wakes up 
And hear me, besides the people who have sat down on the throne of gossip and decided that they'll make money from gossip, most people who throw are cowards because they hide under the anonymity of their keypad. Yes. You hardly find a proper name. Their name is Rihanna Star One. <laughs> At 42XJV. <laughs> yes. They're cowards. They trust yes. me, Mr. They can't come to your face, contrary to what you think. When they see you, they'll touch the crown, greet you. Good afternoon, man. They can't do it to your face. They are cowards. Take it from me. So someone comes and feels like because they can hide behind their keyboards, they, they'll say something. I think the most we need to understand right now is we need to learn to package and sell confidence to young women. We need to begin to tell young women that that person is going to be who he is. When I see comments like that, the first thing that comes to my mind, I'll say, hey, yeah. Because I'm just wondering, what insecurity is this person dealing with that they had to try and come and take a job at me mm-hmm. to make themselves feel you know, I just want to give the person a hug, Jenny. I want to slap the person. I just want to, you know, pull you close, give you a hug, and say, Oh, it's going to be okay. Because obviously, you've got issues. And so, I think more than anything, we need to begin to tell people that you have to be confident in who you are. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been a really, 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 really interesting conversation. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have. African Women On Board remains passionate about amplifying African female voices, supporting African female empowerment, and helping to create a world in which African women and girls are given the tools and resources they need to fully realize their potential. If you'd like to collaborate or share your stories, please send an email to awb at africanwomenonboard.org. For more information, please visit our website on www.africanwomenonboard.org You can also connect with us on social media, Instagram at awb.network, Twitter at awbafrica, LinkedIn at African Women On Board, Facebook African Women On Board. Thank you for listening. Have a lovely day.